0: As promised, one of the hottest scores in the league, not named McDavid or Dreisaitl. Nazem Kadri joining us on Real Kipper and Bourne. Naz, you're not going to be one of those guys that comes in and talks all nice about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you will remind people that you hope they lose every game. That's... <laughs> right? <laughs> Oh, what a way to kick the show off.
1: <laughs> no, of course, man. Those are, in all honesty, those are my buddies over there. And, you know, I'm, I wish them nothing but the best. But, you know, like I said, it's uh, you know it's part of the business.
0: And does it help that you've got one game already? I think it's the, your only visit was a couple of years ago. I think they gave you the video tribute. So you don't have to go through all that over again. Uh Will it feel a a little different this time around coming in and as one of the top scorers in the league?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it definitely might, for sure. It's always, um, you know, an anxious feeling coming back, just, you know, obviously because, you know, it's a place I I hold close to my heart. But, you know, at least all that other, you know, all those other distractions are kind of out of the way and and I don't have to worry about that this time. So, you know, that's definitely a positive and, um, you know, I always look forward to coming back. Naz, tell us about your uh, success so
2: far this season. What's been working for you? Uh twenty seven points through eighteen games, uh the Avs are flying right now. What's what's going well for you this season?
1: Um, yeah, just uh, just trying to dial it in. That's all. Um, you know, came in uh focus this year and you know had a um you know, great summer uh behind me and you know I just tried to prepare and put myself in the in the best um situation position possible. So you know, of course, I'm, uh, you know, you need a little need a little bit of puck luck here and there, but uh, our team's playing great and, you know, we've had to battle some adversity early, but, you know, now we're starting to go and I think everyone's buying in and uh, you know, we're looking good on the ice. Uh, it's
0: it's really been quite remarkable uh your point production uh because you aren't playing with guys like Landis Cog um and yet you're finding ways even Nate McKinnon out of the lineup. Uh, would put even more focus on shutting you down, and yet, I mean, you found a way with Burakovsky and uh, Nikushkin as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, even uh, you know, even they've
1: had their struggles with injuries this year. So uh, you know, it's a, you know, it's it's a, it was it's been a bit of a shuffle for sure. But you know, one thing I, I definitely try to pride myself on is uh, you know trying to make my line mates and teammates better, and uh, and vice versa. So. You know, luckily, I'm just, uh, you know, I feel like I'm moving pretty well out there. I got lots of energy and, uh, you know, like I said, I just, you know, wanted to be, uh, you know, super focused this year and just, you know, give it everything I got. So Naz, obviously
2: things are, uh, it's been weird since you've been in Colorado with the, you know, COVID situation and bubbles and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm not sure you've had an awesome sense for it so far, but just wondering what you find is like fundamental differences being a Colorado Avalanche player versus being a, a Toronto
1: Maple Leaf yeah certainly it's you know it's a little bit different i think you know uh the the travel aspect has you know certainly been a change for me just you know going from playing out east to uh you know having a two hour minimum flight you know over in the on the west coast so um you know that's kind of been a bit of a change but you know for the for the most part, you try not to think about it too much and uh you know, it's 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 been enjoyable. I, I love the guys, love the team, and uh, it's been fun. Uh,
0: Kaz, uh Naz, when it comes to your mindset coming into this season, uh, it's hard not to think about your last suspension and what that meant. And, you know, all of it, they followed it, including articles that they should trade you, they should get rid of you. Yet, you know, there was a sense of unwavering support, either from teammates, coaches, managers, but just in terms of all of that and what that's meant to you preparing for this season.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Kipper, it's been, uh, you know, it's been, uh, you know, overwhelming support from, from my teammates and the organization, which, which is great, you know, because, you know, they know the kind of guy I am and and the character I have and, uh, you know, trying to have that compete level every single night and, and backing up my teammates. So, uh, you know, they kinda understand the game happens fast and sometimes things don't go exactly the way you plan. But uh, you know, they, they appreciate me as a player and me as a person and uh you know it's 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 been tremendous support, which is something I definitely needed.
0: You know, when, when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, because they, they they exited so uh historically, uh in the grand scheme of things Everybody's sitting there going, it doesn't really matter about the regular season; it all matters about the playoffs. Do you get a, a sense of that as well when it comes to you and finally proving that in, in playoff games you can be the player that you are showing in the regular season, and that that stuff with the suspensions is is behind you? Does that does it feel like you're preparing for that?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, hey, I think playing in Toronto for as long as I did, you start to you know generate some thick skin and uh you know not really worry about worry about the outside noise too much. you just kind of focus on what you can control and, and how you can perform out there and you know when when I've been playing in the playoffs I've been a pretty you know pretty efficient player i've had some some uh, some good playoff years and uh you know produced in the playoffs and came to play so you know if I get that opportunity again I'm gonna be ready for it. Well, it seems like you certainly will given the amount
2: of talent in that lineup you've got there. One one guy who I was dying to ask you about is Cale McCarr, who we don't get to see, you know, as much. Obviously, you're there with him every day. Guy's got nine goals in his last eleven games now, up to twenty points for you guys on the season. Uh, tell us about how he you know, he affects play and, and his style of play. For me, one of the better defensemen in the league. For
1: sure. I I I, I agreed. Um, you know, he's just such an effortless skater, which I think, you know, separates him a lot from, from everybody else. And, you know, just off the ice getting to know him, his, you know, his maturity level is, you know, is through the roof. You know, I, I wish I, uh, I had been that mature at his age, but, you know, he's, uh, he's certainly done a nice job for us and he's a smart player, you know, talk about, you know, making your team and your teammates better. He's definitely, uh, a great description of that and, You know, we're going to lean on him, uh, you know, moving forward.
0: Not a bad time, Naz, to have a career year uh, heading towards unrestricted free agency. Is that uh, something that's been put on the back burner? Or, uh, you know, would you like to negotiate now? Would you like to try to resign there now? What's your mindset going into UFA?
1: Uh, Just about the next game, to be honest with you. I know it's a bit, uh, you know a little cliche to say, but, um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't thinking about it, but you try not to, you know, focus on it too much. I think it's always kind of lingering in the back of your mind, but, you know, for me, you know, I just kind of want to play out the season and, uh, you know, focus one day at a time and, and, you know, because I feel like that's just the the, the best mentality and the best preparation for it. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to try to do my thing out there and, uh, you know, let the rest settle itself afterwards. Now, is there anything different uh, playing for Jared Bednar there
2: than you've uh, experienced in your career in terms of team structure? Are they asking you to play any different than any way that you've been used to playing, or is this all just sort of old hat and things are clicking?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's really much of a difference. I mean, no. uh, you know, of course we, we, we have our structure, we have our ex's nose that we like to play, but, you know, it's it's nice to be able to, you know, earn that trust of Betsy for, you know, for, for him to be able to put me out in, in every single situation. I think I've been, uh, you know, pretty versatile moving around in the power play, you know, six on five, five on six. So, um, you know, trying to be good in the face-off circle. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, give him any excuse to put me out there. So, um, So, you know, so far it's going pretty good.
0: Sounds like uh, Nate McKinnon may be ready for a, a, a return as early as Wednesday. It just seems to me like this, this team's either battled, like you said, injuries or, or COVID. Uh, you guys have an 11 and 6 and 1 record. But it, to me, I watch you guys, and it doesn't appear like you're, you're out of third or second gear yet. Um, there's got to be a, a sense of wait till we, wait till we get to full strength, and there will be something to reckon with
1: exactly oh man it's uh you know it was a little frustrating to start the year for sure we uh it seemed like we couldn't catch a break in terms of uh you know COVID protocols and you know injuries to you know to pretty significant players so I mean even our coach had to sit out the first couple games of the year so it's it's been pretty hectic and you know still to this day I don't think we've uh you know we've played one game with a with a full lineup yet so you know, that just speaks volumes of, of the team's character and just guys stepping in and, uh, you know, buying in as a team. And I think, you know, there is still another gear we can get to and, um, you know, hopefully we can get there sooner rather than later.
0: Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to Wednesday. You, you need me helping you with your negotiation. I can only take like half a point or a point off of it. Uh, I won't charge you too much if, if you need some help. <laughs> yeah I man half a point's good it's, <laughs> point, it's good, <laughs> um, <that's> good <laughs> by me, man. listen, continued success. we really appreciate you making some time here
1: all right guys me thanks
0: man Nazim Kadri, Colorado Avalanche What man, a hockey team they have he's he's gonna have to have a good run in the playoffs like there's no question that uh he's gonna be he's gonna command a good number, but it has to come with a new feel for Kadri in a Stanley Cup playoff.
2: Yeah, the, um, you know, the, obviously the suspension thing's are a thing. Can't pretend it's not a thing, right? This is the three times now in the postseason he's, he's been suspended and it's come at, you know, tough times for the team. He's been an exceptional player, though, um, you know, for them and, and for the value on his contract, obviously, I, he's given a ton, so.
3: I, you know, it's funny, you asked him something there, Kipper, that I really liked about how, you know, the support from the organization – coming off of getting suspended again and how everybody was kind of in his corner or whatnot, how much of that do you think would maybe play into, you know, a contract negotiation? How Like, is he just looking to get paid no matter what big bucks, or is that playing into it?
0: Well, he, the team's going to bring it in he, for he, sure. He's, he's not going to... He's not giving them a deal, but, you know, he, goodwill. He may, be, he may give them a deal, but he certainly... you got to remember, he's coming off a contract that was probably too long... Mm-hmm. and undervalued at the end,
2: for sure. Yeah, he's been undervalued right? for a while.
0: So it's kind of makeup time, and I don't know what that means. Could they go on to a Stanley Cup final or win it and feel like he's, he's going to give up a little bit to try to continue to win Stanley Cups? I, I don't know, but it's not going to be that much of a discount, and Colorado's going to be in a tough spot here because if I'm not mistaken, also Nate McKinnon, this time next year, we'll be going into UFA.
2: Oh God, that talk about all underpaid team. This guy so, six point three.
0: So I don't. In terms of getting 6.3. his money now, he's gonna he's gonna make up a little bit for being underpaid off his last contract.
2: Thing is, you know what? Though I feel like the days of that happening the way it used to are are almost gone. Like you know, the salary cap has made it such that the most important thing for general managers is contract efficiency getting value for your dollars and it just doesn't feel like the days you know where players had good careers and got paid as veterans for what they had done now it's like what do you expect this guy to do and you pay him accordingly
3: naz is how old now um 31 if i'm not mistaken right 30 or 31 you're right so it's funny you just i'm looking at this contract and you're right it just expires he was making he's making four or five that contract when lou signed him and riley to those contracts and People always, you know, are quick to point out the misses that Lou had here. You know, the Marlowe contract was not great. He
2: hit on the players he needed to and missed on the guys that...
3: he set up, you know, with those contracts he signed, he signed, you know, the Hyman one, Connor Brown even, Freddie Anderson, these two. Like, there were some few unbelievable contracts that he signed here in in his time. Yeah. So would he even contemplate
0: signing, re-signing in Colorado if there's a chance... That after next year, they lose Nate McKinnon. I just can't even contemplate a world where they lose Nate McKinnon.
3: There's no way. You don't lose a guy like that. Yeah. You think, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything, but like, 13? that just seems like, yeah. Even 13? And didn't he even say that... 13 has to be the starting point <laughs> for Nate McKinnon. You think but so, he, right? okay. He, like, as early as last year, like, said to the media that he's willing to take less to keep it all together. I know. What's he doing? His agent's like, come on. He's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs>
2: you costing my family yeah, I money. Yeah,
3: it's one of those things where... Sounds good at the time. Sounds good at the time. Yeah. but And also makes you look like a more valued guy He's immediately. Like, He's like, you know, guy. I'll take less. How about how about 12? So you yeah. got, you know, so and, like and they've did. got
0: uh, at least four more years with Rantanen and Landis Cog. And Landis Cog goes, I think, two years past Rantanen, Rantanen as well. And then after that... It gets really dicey for what the rest of the the lineup can look like. Macar, uh, well, Makar's under in.
3: an awesome deal. He's awesome. Yeah, that's never going to be a bad contract. That was
0: immediately
2: the, not enough money. But yeah.
0: it would be 13. What do you think? Is, let's say Kadri stays out of trouble these playoffs and they get mm-hmm. to a conference final. Is, is Kadri can If Kadri puts together seventy points, yeah, is that six six and a oh, half,
3: yeah, for sure, for sure. I could even see someone going north of that like yeah. if, if he go if say they go to the final, he's playing great, like the type of guy that you know he can play like with that edge, with that scoring ability, just kind of play in all different situations, you know you see guys get paid after off season seasons and playoffs like that. I could see someone going mil, seven million for him, no. I can, but
2: it'd be like so four years. Now like you're, you're buying
3: shorter term. Or now something. you're with the Leafs now. You got four
0: forwards, Landis Cog, Rantanen.
2: You know what? Now that, you, now, now that I hear Kadri you talking like this, I don't at, know if at, you can do at, it. At
0: 30, $38, $40 million for four. Yeah, you can't So do I that. don't know. Where's the cap? Yeah, it's a good point, Cap. So One and a half it's, it's going to be challenging. i'm going to
2: get paid at some point,
0: right? I, I got to think, like, you know, there's teams out there that are starving for goals, starting starving for offense. I look at Kadri and I think Boston Bruins. Oh, right. They, they, Why would you do Critchie, that? <laughs> no Krejci yeah, there. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. he be a, a great
2: depth center guy to fill
3: in for David Krejci?
2: Who else did you just put on their team on, on Boston Kane. the other day? Kane.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Boston. I like it. Cadre is not something that oh, anyone... That's, like, <laughs> that's <laughs> a dagger into buddy, Super Sammies. That's a dagger into a big faction of Leafs Nation. I gotta tell you, you know, Naz is still one of the most beloved guys. Truly. Like well, he, I think he be, he played a
2: way that people and, wanted them to play when
3: they didn't play. And, he's in Wendell Clark territory. The thing, yeah, people love him. The thing is, another factor that went into how much he's loved here is that he was, you know, Sort of a shining light on a dog, you know what team for a Mm -hmm. long time. Like him and Jake Gardner played on some awful teams through that stretch, and he was kind of their only goal scorer. He had the the world junior sort of hype. He came in, kind of lived up to it, you know. Had a little bit of talked about a little maturity at the start of his career. There was some stuff. There's
2: some element of growing up with a player and seeing them become more
3: mature and being and grow, you know, that attachment growing. So I, I, you know, I. Just the thought of him wearing that jersey makes me physically ill. So, thanks, Kip. <laughs> Appreciate it, bud. <laughs> you know what, though? I, I suddenly,
2: Kip, I've, I've, like, changed my tune just in talking this through for you. Yeah. I just can't see a way he stays in Colorado. Yeah,
0: I don't either. I don't think
2: it works with their salary cap.
0: I 100% agree with you. You know what,
2: Eric Johnson makes $6 bucks a year, and that's up at the end of 2023. I think that he might have to go to make some room for some of these deals. Like, Byram... You know, his he's an RFA at the end of 2023. You got to pay him a lot.
0: There was talk about a lot. A,
2: Alex Newhick, who Newhook is 2023.
0: There was talk about a Eric Johnson buyout. Yeah, to get that contract. Still a off pretty the good books. player. I yes, still like him. I do too.
2: And, you know, you know, six feels like a lot, but I still like the player.
0: And you also Barkovsky's
2: contract's up this year. Listen, Nichushkin's up this year. He's making two five playing in your top six.
3: You've got no goalie next year.
2: Oh man, are got, in got trouble! Pay, they you, can't keep this together. They got to win this year.
3: You so got to trade for carry next year. You got.
0: Ooh. You don't have. Yeah, fit that in. <laughs> no sure. problem.
2: Yeah, team with cap issue. Uh, tra- tracks down to ten million dollar. They're, they're not
0: committed to a goalie next year, so you got to assume if they're getting anybody with experience, it's going to be five. Oh, they got to push in hard this year. Just looking at this, so they're 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 a team that has to win. In the next couple of years, are they going to
2: be the, in Leafland where you got to really you know, fill in efficiently at the at the uh, at the edges?
0: The only the other thing too is you know for for Kadri, there's always a sense that he has to go do something big in the playoffs. The games, isn't uh, it's hard to get the big hit now. I just all he has to do is just get rid of that mindset that he's got to play go center, play deep, chip and in, make a big hit, and he's going to be fine. Get that out of the game. No big hits you know who had a lot of big hits wasn't me must be someone else pj stock
2: oh yeah fair to him actually
0: it was two hits someone hitting him and him hitting the ice no no that was me <laughs> <laughs> no i would have you seen, every once in a while google pj's fights yeah they are scary yeah
2: you threw at a high rate per second which uh yeah. which
0: one's your all-time favorite Oh, the one where I didn't get hurt. So I think it <laughs> happened in Pee Wee. <laughs> it
4: was a fight in Pee Wee. Stop it. Uh, I actually had a fun. Uh, Reed Lowe and I texted just the other day. And Reed, uh, someone I put on Twitter, Reed and I had a fight. And, and Reed Lowe is, uh, he was in Worcester a lot when he first started. And I was in Hartford. And, you know, back then there was like no puck sometimes when they put the, the fourth line on there. I swear to God, they dropped the puck. And then 30 seconds later, they'd pick it up. The puck would still be on the dot. And everyone else would have fought on the ice. It was just <laughs> what, just a different time. Uh, like the American Hockey League when I first started was a bunch of first round picks or second round picks, so skilled players mm-hmm. getting like hopefully getting called up and then there was like five six guys that should be in jail <laughs> and I think the, the 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 pro teams were thinking in our in the minors maybe we can get one of these young skilled kids to come up or one of these crazy fourth line tough guys to come up and that 's kind of how they kind of you know, they they made their teams and the rest of it was just middle guys you could find anywhere. But the tough guy and the skill set guy, that was like, and then and you played in the American Hockey League, you played like three times on a weekend. So it'd be like, fight, 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 fight. And then come Sunday would come and no one could feel their gloves, no one could feel their stick and it'd be like, guys, no whistles. No whistles today. Just, you guys can have the game. Just, let's end this. Let's go. But uh, I fought Reed Low and Reed Low sent me a video the other day of him not fighting when he was in uh, St. Louis and I was in Boston and it was. Uh, it was a, a. I think the fight ended because he just got tired of punching me in the face.
0: <laughs> Which one am I thinking of? Uh, Stephen Pete was it like? Stephen Pete N, N, was N, NBC or uh, Fox or something? Game of the week or something on a weekend?
4: Steve Levy and, and Darren Pang had a call in the afternoon. It was a Saturday afternoon game after in the states. You remember this uh, when you know football's kind of done in the states? The, the American channels add on some afternoon games. They kind of take over the schedules no more college or NFL football. So in the States, we started having those afternoon game, those 1:00 games, those one o'clock games, those three o'clock games. And uh, they had, the I want to say it was ABC is what I think I want to, I can't remember, but Darren Pang and Steve Levy had the call and the fight was okay, but the way their their call was just so much better and made the fight <laughs> that much better. All right. stop I, stop Darren it. Pang and threw in a holy
0: jump. And so... Stop it I got... because I'm getting a stop. headache. I'm getting a headache I, thinking I, about I, taking a punch it. to the head. Yeah, I agree.
2: All right, all right. Well, we have to get your opinion. Speaking of uh, taking punches to the head, uh, the Montreal Canadian fans are yeah. uh, experiencing something a little bit different today. Obviously, Mark Bergerman on the way out. Um, Jeff Molson coming or uh, make the made the move there, bringing in um, Gordon from the New York Rangers. What are your thoughts on what's taking place in Montreal?
4: I, I think it's a brilliant move. Uh, I really do. I, I think it's a guy that uh, if you go back and you look at his track record, I don't have to bring them ball up, but. I think what he's done with the Boston Bruins organization, and I was there for it, uh, he was assistant general manager of the team at the end, same thing, and then he went to the New York Rangers, and you look at how those the structures and the bones of the successful team in Boston has been for the last forever, uh, he had his handprint on all of that, uh, and then you look at the New York Rangers, and uh, the dismissal is I'm not exactly sure why he was let go, but he had done a lot of important things with changing pieces that no one else would really change, and he brought in a lot of young, important players that are, uh, that are now... The bones and basis to this team, which I think is going to be successful uh, for for time to come. So uh, I think he's done, he's done it. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, he's, he knows the scouting part. Does a lot. He knows he, he's he's kind of touched on every little bit of it. So I, I think he's very experienced and great. What I love about it is they didn't give him the general manager role because in Montreal the general manager, the, as Jeff Molson has come out and stated saying that it is a position where the person has to be able to speak to the people. And, of course, everyone knows that in Quebec it's bilingual, very French, and very English, and it's going to be a person that's going to be bilingual. So if you read between the lines, he more or less said, Gordon is kind of going to be the brains of the operation, (laughs) but he's going to have a sidekick who's going to be a general manager because there's really not a lot of experienced general managers. Again, Bergeron was a first-timer. You know, you look at all their coaches that they brought in over the last two decades are pretty much all first-timers. And, and you know, Julien, Therrien, and Vigneault, they were all second-timers, but they're all 1st timer with the Canadians. So there's not really someone experienced out there to take over the situation. But you put the hockey person there, and then you're going to be put someone there that's going to be able to speak to the media, work with Jeff, uh, and I think it's going to be a two-headed monster and I think it's. A, I really like the idea. I like. I, I like what uh, Jeff can bring, um, and I like what the other person is going to bring because it's going to be a little. This person could do more hockey. This person could be a little bit more talking. This, but it, as you guys know, in Toronto, Toronto's a, a machine. Montreal is the same, but add in the double language, it's a. It's a big headache.
0: So scratch Patrick Waugh off the list. He scratch, will. Scratch. He will bury Gordon. Yeah,
4: well, it's not it's not that at all. It's you're gonna go get someone a little bit like what they did you get Brent, you get Brendan Shanahan, and then you give someone underneath, and and then they're gonna work together, and they're gonna have a plan. And I, I like what they did here. It's it's not it's gonna be someone, uh, you know, names that have popped up. There's there's names again. There's no one out there that's really done this, but like a Danny Briere who's been working uh in with, with in the East Coast in the American Hockey League look like a Matt Darsh who worked in here uh went to McKill uh knows the jet, the owner very well uh he worked in and he had a job in town with, which he was very successful at then he goes gets a job in Tampa Bay as, as an assistant gets a couple of Stanley Cups there so now he has the winning pedigree there's other names but I'm just thinking whoever they bring in if they were to put the guy like they put Bergevin on that position they don't have experience and this is a situation where as Jeff said today you know he's not afraid of the term um rebuild you know as long as everyone's ready for it and the right people are there and i think you need the right person and i think you have jeff there that's done it the two organizations and you're going to bring in someone that can speak to the people the right way and the people will respect and understand in both languages uh, and those are two names that are at the top of the list but it, it's still early and i have no idea but again i love the i love what the, they did and the other thing that i just saw this in i don't know if you guys heard him today but diversity was said a, ma- a thousand times today so I'm also expecting there to be, um, I'm thinking a female presence uh, on, on a certain level. Of course, we have some great uh, former Canadian hockey players in the city, Carolyn Ouellette, uh, there's Kim St. Pierre, there's a whole bunch of uh, um, ex-Canadian I guess, uh, Canadian Olympic athletes living in this town that are bilingual as well, uh, and I don't want to throw their names out there, but I, I, the way he spoke today, I can see another layer of that being added to this uh, team which represents the community.
2: Do you think a team would ever outright make it clear to the GM coming in that Gordon is the guy, you know, maybe not the guy, but like 50-50 in decision-making, even about player personnel, given yeah. that he's I'll, I'll make the GM. decisions, and yeah. if they're
0: bad, you'll take the blame. Yeah, do you it's think do the you fake, think it would be clear? It's called a fake uh, GM job. I <laughs>
4: totally agree with you. I think, I think it's going to be everything is you guys agree on this. I, I don't think I'll say Gordon has the 51%, Right. but Gordon has the experience... And he's done this before. And again, the names that I've just thrown out, you know, Talon's name has been thrown out as well. Um, but that's the only one that has experience. Everyone else doesn't have any experience in this position. And he's a great person to learn from. So y- y- the problem is once you get a taste, you, you want to do a little bit more. You want to do a little bit more. So uh, the first person that they're going to bring in, in my opinion, isn't going to have that general manager experience. So it's going to be you lean on him, you work together, I think it will not be at all as much for the media, for the bilingual audience listening. It's going to say the general manager has the decision, but it's a kind of a two-headed, two-headed monster. But to your point, guys, I think it's very 50-50 on how this is going to go moving forward.
0: Okay, so maybe for the first time in history, people are really wrapping their heads around a rebuild in Montreal. How is this going to go? over pj if if they we know they're going to miss the playoffs this year if they miss it next year or even happen to miss it a third time you really expect people to dress up and go saturday nights if if the team's scraping the bottom of the barrel for the next few years for the first time
4: in team history there wasn't a francophone in the lineup last year in the playoffs and that's what the people talked about the team went on to the stanley cup finals and they didn't almost win, but they, they almost won. If you think about it, they got through three teams and went to the Stanley Cup Finals. The biggest story that came out of playoffs last year, there wasn't a francophone in the lineup. That's what the media w- was plays. The fans don't care. The fans are tired of, of the way this team has been for the last two decades. And this, for the first time in a while, it's not the fact that they're losing, it's the way they're losing. And everyone's talking about it in town. It's been, it's, been, it's been years where people have said, listen, we're not good enough. Like, rebuild, rebuild. But everyone's stuck on, well, you have Weber, you have Price. Every other position, if you look at, was what anyone anywhere from any team. Uh, and, and it'd be almost better. The Canadians, remember, they were 24th when the pandemic hit. 24th! And then last year they go to a one division, uh, North division. And, you know, one team is COVID. The other team is a, uh, Ottawa is, is is a disaster. You know, there's really seven, but there's really five. And Calgary ended up, I mean, Calgary almost caught Montreal to KLN, who just snuck in. Then they have a crazy run. We, everyone's stuck on what happened for six weeks last year. What happened in six, actually, they won one series 4-0 for like 10 games. Everyone's lost on what happened for 10 games, pretty much. Um, you forget everything else that's happened over the last eight, nine years. I think the people are, are ready and they don't care about them losing. It's how they lose. And they have to go back to it's You know, listen, they're going to lose. Everyone knows they're going to lose. People will show up if they lose, but if they lose the right way, if the effort's there, the energy's there. I go back to a player that played for the Canadiens for a few years uh, and he was not a talented guy. And I hope if he hears this, I don't mean it the wrong way, but Steve Beijing. was a a Montreal Canadian who was a a player that worked his butt off every day. And he wasn't the most talented guy on the team, but people would rally around him, and we'd lose, but they'd leave that rink. Did you see Steve block those shots? Did you see Steve do that? And and, and that's what the team has been missing for a while. A, they're not winning, but B, they're losing, and they're losing the wrong way. And I think if people can understand this is a process, and we're going to learn things and learn things the right way, um, I think people are, are, can be behind it. Beijing, hey,
2: that sounds French Canadian. Make him the GM, I say. Um, Peach, before, <laughs> before, before we let you go, um, what's going to happen next? What, what are the first moves that a GM will make when they look at this roster? How do they get this thing back on track?
4: I think the coach is going to stay for the rest of the year. I think, uh, obviously, they're paying a coach to, I like think, $5 million. And, and, and we don't know if it's really the coach that is the issue uh, because he really deserves a chance where, you know, the team. Doesn't have a lot of depth in any position. I think the first thing that I like that they did is they they've got rid of people that have influenced the development of this organization for the last fifteen plus years. Um, they have missed on too many draft picks, and I'm not just blaming the people selecting the draft, and I'm not naming a name. I'm just saying the entire group, the the the, the, org- the people that drafted them and the people that developed them. There's no one in this organization in the last decade. You know, uh, Jake Evans had a few shifts in the American Hockey League, like a year, but besides that, there's been no one coming up. All the first round picks over the last decade are pretty much gone, or more than that, 15 years. There's so many names that have been lost, and, and maybe they could have been developed, and maybe they could be 26, 27, 28 years old now, and we know maybe they might be a third liner or a fourth liner, but instead they don't have any of those players in the organization. They have no one in the minors. So the first thing they have to do, I do, is identify the direction this team's going in. I think you got to identify, really importantly, who's your core. Who do you want here? Who's willing to lose and lose the right way? There's some contracts that suck. You know, there's some bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how can you move them? You know, how can you move them? And the problem is you don't want to add draft picks to them, but you're going to have to move them. Um, and then you've got to like find your your core then you got to find your young player core and what to do with them and how do we develop them i think that's the most important thing uh there's no there's nothing coming up wow you know i could, there's i mean we everyone hope romanov is turns into something exceptional and and Cole Caulfield. cuz besides that everything's on suzuki like on the back end every defenseman is 30 years old pretty much your goalies are in the 30s you know, you got, which it's okay, you got a bunch of mid-20s as forwards, but no one's been developed here. You've had to go sign them from every every other organization and overpay them. So they got to identify a core, identify uh, the way this team is going to move forward, and we need to, everyone to be on board. It's going to not be a day. It's not going to be a week. It's not going to be a month. This is going to be a process, and everyone's got to understand their role in the process.
0: A lot of work ahead for the Montreal Canadiens. PJ, really appreciate your time. Thanks, man. I thought I nailed it. You did. You All did. right. Bye, We're <laughs> Thanks, gonna, we'll, we'll have a, a meeting and decide. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you, buddy. Oh, my God. You think really that market will be okay with
2: You know, bottom-feeding hockey? Yeah, I think it will because hockey fans in markets like Toronto and Montreal think of themselves as smart hockey fans, and it'll be sold as, if you're a smart hockey fan, you want this. And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll eat this up.
0: But it's true. Like, there's no quick way back. So, you know, there is not. You are 100% correct that there's, they're going to eat a lot of crap sandwiches for the next year and a half, two years.
2: You know, it's tough. Longer, as it kind of reminds like,
0: Longer. It, it's this, it reminds me of the start
2: of well, this whole COVID thing when we were like, out ah, a month or two. And all of a sudden you're a year and a half in. And you're like,
0: how long are we doing this? I, you point? know, I don't, I got so I, lucky. I don't believe in that. Uh, like, Four or five years on that. Yeah, it's just never been proven to work. I I think I think in two years you'd have to clear out. You'd have to be really aggressive. But in two years, I think it could be, be a lot brighter. When you bottom
2: out and you draft, your draft picks have to hit, or it lasts forever. Yeah. Buffalo didn't quite
3: work. Look at uh, finally uh, Detroit and Anaheim got good players, and they're turning it around. I, I think a lot of teams probably look at what the Leafs did and think, eh, rebuilding is easy. You know, like they bottomed out. They won the first For overall a second. pick. Listen, they they got Marner, four Willie. You know, you, you, they got they. You can be a, you can be an average team with great goaltending in
0: this league, mm. and and look better than you really are. And we've got a lot of teams. Look in at Montre- the Rangers. Montre- Rangers, Montreal. Montreal uh, was proof of that last year. Mm-hmm. Uh And you know, when you get Vasilevsky plus, what you do over the years for the roster you win stanley cups yeah but unfortunately Carey's not the answer for the next two or three years here you almost have to pull the plug and so you can properly circle the drain and then try to
2: find another goalie to you, plug back in there
0: you've got to now work on the next i'd say six to twelve months on finding Carey price a new home that is a yeah. must yeah, well, it is. If and he this wants is to be keep playing. I think he he could use he, a fresh start he, he, he somewhere left new. the window open for Seattle boys. That was not by accident.
2: Well, oh, you, okay. Sorry, I, th- I thought you were saying that Kerry would go he, there. It's was like, they just signed a guy for a million he's years.
0: Going to follow in the footsteps of no, Magic no. That, that that window yeah. was open. They just didn't take it.
2: Yeah. So now probably wish they had of, but we'll be interesting to see
0: how wide open just, he makes the window. I for just them. don't know how much they're going to have to eat carry price for 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 somebody i i would think i would think three million for sure yeah i think somebody would bite at seven seven and a half
2: so now we're talking about a contender now we're talking about colorado and how do they get rid of yes, uh, make colorado. sammy's plan happen
3: how do they uh, make room following the footsteps of patrick waugh from montreal to colorado for cup glory oh my it's god it's a nice story yeah like a little parallel we there? just we just dissected Colorado's issues to sign
0: cads. <laughs> they have no money. Here comes Kerry Price.
2: <laughs> wow, well, that was a
0: fun show. That was. We jammed a lot in there. Sammy, you good? Derek, thank you very much. Big thanks to Gilbert Gottfried for coming on the show today. God, that uh, sounded so funny.
2: <laughs> it was
0: really enjoyable. To <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's like, like he's got a hairball or something. Some he's coughing up. Evil salute of some variety. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Born. It was show number 40. Is that right, Sammy? <laughs> All right. He We're coming right back tomorrow with 41. Thanks for listening, everybody.